You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website builtforthestage.com or click the link in the description of this episode and you can work for seven days with your own Broadway fitness coach on an online app. So check it out. No catch, no gimmicks. Builtforthestage.com. If you like Built for the Stage podcast, please rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. It'd be greatly appreciated. All right, please enjoy this conversation. Uh, we're welcoming to the podcast Dana Steingold. She's currently in the production of Beetlejuice on the Broadway. And uh, like, like I just mentioned, excited to chat with her here at the Broadway Podcast Network. You want to shoot on over to the website bpn.fm slash built for the stage you can check out other guests that have been on the podcast please give us a rating uh subscribe leave a comment if you'd like and uh i'm gonna shut up now because i want to chat with dana and have you guys uh get to meet her a little bit so welcome to the podcast dana thank you for having me it's our pleasure it's our pleasure so um like we were mentioning before you're in beetlejuice you're playing a character that is a girl scout um, and I want to ask you a serious question to start the Absolutely. podcast. This is a very serious question. So <laughs> in your, in your prop or your box or your little bag of goodies, when you're going to sell Girl Scout cookies, if there were real cookies in there, maybe there are, but if there were, which style of Girl Scout cookies would be in that box of, uh, of cookies? So I actually have celiac um, which I recognize the irony of playing a Girl Scout who can't eat most of the Girl Scout cookies. So unfortunately, my only choice would be that gluten-free toffee flavor, I think it is, uh-huh. which is totally good. But if I could choose one knowing the kind of coconut fan I am, it would definitely be Samoa's. Mm. But yeah, unfortunately, my choices are very limited. We're, this is great that we're stumbling upon this. <laughs> <laughs> Such a silly question, but more more uh, gold here uh, to dig into. Um did you, did the creative team know this about you uh, when they cast you? Not when, you know, but after you, they cast you. I think they sort of knew. I came on board with Beetlejuice the very first 29-hour reading, like four and a half years ago. So I've been with it through the whole process. And I think probably most people in the room, as you get to know people and spend time with people, you start to see like their dietary restrictions or any weird things about them and quirks. So I think they knew. But when it came down to actually like 
talking about it out loud and with props. Um, luckily, I don't have to eat anything. And I've definitely been in shows where that's been a thing, like Into the Woods, where I play Little Red and I have to keep consuming cookies. So they're forced to give me gluten-free products only and they can't be in a basket with other things. But in this show, it's more of an issue with the stage tour because everybody asks me the same question. And I'm so embarrassed to say that I can't eat the Girl Scout cookies. So my question wasn't even original. That was I like, mean, no, you get points I, for coming up with it. Because I was so excited. <laughs> I didn't mean to burst your bubble. It was super original. Go, <laughs> now, don't lie. Going back to the creative team and all that. Why wasn't that written in? If you were there from the beginning, they should have been like, oh, this we need to use this. This is brilliant. I think probably congenital heart disease was enough for her. I think dealing with dietary issues was probably, was and much. allergies was a whole nother thing. Having an immune disorder also would be awfully tragic. I got you. I got yeah. you. That's right. <laughs> so I saw the show on Halloween. Yes. And that was, your microphone didn't work at the top of act two. Yes, I forgot that happened on Halloween. Yeah. Yes, the, people were. <laughs> was that you that didn't turn it on or did the the sound team owe you some drinks afterwards? Oh, you know, um, unfortunately we're not in charge of our microphones. We actually, they're in our head under our wig so we don't touch anything. Not in the box, nothing. No, Great. so they're totally like um, underneath our wigs and I guess something was happening where like the receiver, something wasn't connecting with like the board, so they couldn't get it on, and then they finally did. But I guess I made some gesture at some point that I didn't realize I did, and it looked like I myself magically turned it on. So if, you're mm. welcome, world. I, yeah. I have no special powers, though, unfortunately. Um, but our wonderful sound team figured it out decently quickly, I think. <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't like late to the sound booth at the start of Act 2? <laughs> no, they, I don't e think so. They were so. eating Girl Scout cookies uh, yes. in the green room? And yeah. Then, yeah. It was a Halloween trick, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of funny to experience because that's kind of like the beauty of uh, live theater sometimes. You don't yeah. want things like that to happen. But there was a unique thing happening in the audience where some people were like commenting on it in like a, uh, a joking way, like, oh, no, or whatever. And then others were like, shut up, because they're trying to hear <laughs> you like without the mic. Um, so there's this kind of this interactive thing going on out in the audience while that was... Happening. Yeah. Well, I think the beauty of live theater is that it's ephemeral, right? So things happen and you can't necessarily create it um, again. But I think whenever sets fall apart or costumes go awry, anything like that, sound, I think the audience is almost automatically more on your side because they know they're part of like an individual moment that is not going to happen again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I think um, our show has a lot of moments that feel like that, actually, that feel improvised, but they're actually written, I would say like 98% of the show is pretty much the same every night, but feels thanks to Alex Brightman and his brilliance and other, my other cast members, very off the cuff and uh, unique to that evening. But I think, yeah, it gets the audience kind of on your side. So it was nice. I got a lot of cheers at the stage door <laughs> saying like they were so excited when my mic came on and they were coming and they loved the song and, you know, that kind of support is always great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Um, so this character and you're understudying Lydia, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then you just mentioned you had played Little Red in the past. Yes. Um, with your, your type, your petite, right? Mm -hmm. So you're, are you feeling, not feeling, are you tending to be in these younger, like teen roles, um, as an adult and how are you able to pull that off so well? Because you do, it was <laughs> lovely, uh, that night that I was there to watch it. Oh, thank you so much. Um, uh, yeah, I definitely have not graduated yet for the most part into 
roles that are my own age. But I think that will just sort of naturally happen one day where I'll stop being believable as a teenager. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's an energy thing more than anything else. Like, yes, I am small. But I think there are a lot of small and young looking people who also feel much older. And I remember my very first job out of college was doing the tour of the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. And James Lapine said something, who was our director, to all of us that I've carried with me to this day, not knowing how long I would use it for (laughs) and how many years. But he said, you all look so young. You never have to play at being young. You just have to play the essence of youth, Mm. which makes total sense to me because I think the the real truth about being young and acting as a, you know, I guess playing a teen is that things happen moment to moment. You feel things so quickly and it changes and the highs are so high and the lows are so low. And we can really all relate to that even as adults. Mm-hmm. And we remember that so vividly. So it's actually not hard to drop into. And I find that if you just kind of let yourself go and pick like two mannerisms and it's very freeing because you don't have to censor yourself in any way mm. that I think we do as adults because we're like, God, it would be so weird if I picked my nose right now or like move this wedgie from my butt or like touch my face that way. But as a kid on stage, you're like, well, I can do that. Yeah. So it's kind of freeing in a weird way. That's cool. Yeah. It's like working out all your issues and like all your weird therapy in front of 1500 people. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, yeah, all the things you hold back from in real life, you kind yes. of just get to let go of on stage. Exactly. Yeah. No composure is needed. Yeah. So. so you just mentioned highs and lows. So you, you're on this high, obviously, uh, you made your Broadway debut in uh, Beetlejuice. And you've been pounding the pavement, though, and have had a great career um, up until then. I've, I've uh, followed you and checked out all your stuff here. Um, when you got to this point of being on Broadway, was it what you expected? And, and what, is, it what, is it all what people have it made out to be? If you can kind of follow me on that. Yeah. Because fitness-wise, I was kind of talking to you about this before the podcast. There's always this journey, right, in fitness of where you think you want to be. And then there's always, like, you get there and there's the comparison of, like, oh, well, what's next? Or, you know, sometimes it could be a feeling of dissatisfaction. So how was it your exp- how was your experience of getting there? Well, I think... You know, I was actually supposed to make my Broadway debut uh, back in oh, 2000. I was going to talk about Oh, that. well, I won't skip ahead <laughs> No, then, no, but. bring you can, you, can, but, you can bring it up. Uh, Godspell, you're going to bring yeah, up. Yeah, I was supposed to, um, right after Smelling Bee, um, I booked Godspell, and I was supposed to make my Broadway debut, and we got canceled uh, about five days before we were uh, supposed to start rehearsals. So I was actually, I'd flown home to Michigan to see my family. I was in the airport waiting to board the plane and I got a call saying we were indefinitely postponed. And then I was just this weird girl on the plane who was like, okay, I'm not exactly sure what just happened. I think I don't have a job next week, but I'm I'm unsure. Um, But I think I've always been the kind of person who just is sort of like, I give myself a set amount of time that I'm allowed to be upset about something. And then I'm like, okay, moving on. Because the only way to keep going in this business is to put one foot in front of the other. In front of the other and I think constantly just redefine what your wins are and what success is. Because Broadway is amazing. And, and finally getting here um, now, I think I appreciate it a little bit more because I worked so hard and the path has been longer for me. But 
as incredible and special as it is, performing is performing. And sometimes your most special experiences are actually uh, like take place at a regional theater in the middle of nowhere that nobody is going to be privy to see. Uh, but you'll carry that experience with you. And you just never know what connections you're going to make on any job. So while it is incredible and I am beyond grateful, uh, and especially to be a part of a show with this kind of like fan base attached to it, which I've never experienced before. Um, yeah, I, the journey was long, but I also think that the next thing, whatever that may be, will be equally as great, even if it's kind of like a smaller, quieter thing. Mm. So yeah, I, I'm trying to like circle did, back to you. Yeah, no, it's great. How did you, through the the journey of the ups and downs, how did you stick it out? How did you, were there any times where you kind of fell off the wagon and then, you know, fell off the wagon in a sense of like you stopped going to auditions or you kind of were hitting a cold spurt or were you just kind of like head down grinding from the time you were, uh, you know, just getting into the career and until now? You know, I've always been a practical person as well as a dreamer, which is a weird combo. So I've always like once Godspell fell apart, I said, you know what I will not do? I will never not have a day job. No matter what I'm doing, I will figure out how to keep one foot sort of like in that world so that I have something that I don't have to stress and I don't have to go into every audition thinking about, oh my gosh, like if I don't get this job, I, you know, it's bad enough to think I won't have insurance, right? But but I never wanted to feel desperate and I wanted to be able to choose the things I wanted to do. I wanted to do new work. um, And I think that, So I've always kept a day job. Even when I was doing Avenue Q off-Broadway, I still kept my day job as a personal assistant. Even now, I have a friend who does it full-time, but I still have, like, one foot in and kind of, like, come in, help out. And I'll probably go back to that in July um, as soon as as we're done. Um, But I never – there's something in me that I guess said, this is what you're meant to do, and I never questioned that part. So I was able to keep going, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, even though sometimes the lows are very low, if you surround yourself with the right group of people, the right um, team around you that supports you, encourages you, makes their, like, make makes your wins their wins and vice versa, I think you can kind of wait out anything because it doesn't happen right away for a lot of people. Some of the most brilliant performers I know quit the business before it ever happens for them because Mm -hmm. they're just not the right type right away. And it's tough to wait it out and grow into it. And it's hard on your heart. It's hard on your mind. uh, And it can be really hard on your relationships as well because the people who love you are also watching you struggle. And I think it's sometimes harder for them than it is for you. Like I think it's harder for my husband and my parents to watch me go through the ups and downs than it is for me to actually take them. Like I'm pretty strong, but I do feel upset if I think that they're um, upset for me, if that makes sense, because mm-hmm. I didn't get something or yeah. whatnot. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're in the business or you're um, chasing after some fitness goals, a couple of great things that I just picked up was just that um, Danner's remained practical um, through all of this, even though she's aspiring and dreaming and chasing big things, uh, you still have to keep your feet on the ground and while your head are in the clouds. Um, Surrounding yourself with great people, which is something that we talk about a lot on here. So um, make sure that you're doing that out there. I think 
a common thing is them saying that you're the sum of the f- or you're the average of the five people that you hang around the most in your life. Um, sure. I totally believe in that. And then the thing that you said that I just recently that I liked the most so far is just you gave you give yourself kind of like a deadline of like how long you're gonna feel bad about this and then when it's time to move on. Um, with that, so th- going back to Godspell in 2011, not the same producing team, I don't think, but the show did end up going to Broadway and a couple of people from your cast, they were cast in 2000, the 2011 Broadway, but you were not. How did that go? Or were you booked? How did that happen? Um, What all went down there? Well, it was tricky. Uh, For a while after they were sort of had us recording the new um, arrangements and all kinds of things, doing concerts, trying to get it off the ground uh, when our producers and the the financing fell apart on that particular production. And it sort of faded away in years past. And then there was an announcement in Variety, I think it was, that uh, Ken Davenport was producing it. So it was a totally different uh, producing team, and he just had a totally different vision of what uh, the show was going to be and what the tracks were. So um, they kind of started from the ground up, and a few people did move with it. I was not one of them. So how did you work through that? Was that tough for you? Was that... Yeah, certainly. I think it's, listen, I think it's always tough when things don't go your way, especially things that you have a history with. And I'm sure you've heard this time and time again with the people you've talked to that, you know, there are things that um, you develop from the very beginning or go out of town with or commit a very sizable chunk of your life and time to and they don't pan out and you end up getting replaced right at the last minute for whatever reason, either they're going a completely different way, or this track now has to cover this track, which you're not appropriate for, or we're combining these two uh, roles now. And I really always say, like, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. And it just wasn't the time for me. And now in a way, I don't want to say I'm grateful that that didn't happen, because I would have been thrilled to be a part of that wonderful production with my friends. But this has been such a satisfying Broadway debut. And I got to do all my dreams were hit in this one magical gift of a job for me. I got to originate a role in a new Broadway show. I got to go to the Tony Awards and perform on them. I got to do the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I got to do an original cast recording and do my own song. Like, I could, I really, it's kind of hilarious. Like, <laughs> I, if I had written all of my dreams as a child on a piece of paper and, like, folded them and then reopened them last week, they, those would have been the dreams. So... In a way, it really is proof that if you wait it out, this business is not linear. It ebbs and flows. You have times where you're working a lot, and then you'll go five months where you're not working at all and go through a total dry spell. But I think if you believe in yourself and believe in what you bring to the table, um, ultimately, it will work out for you. So I'm, again, I don't want to say I'm glad I didn't do the show because that's a lie. I, I wish I could have done it. Yeah. And it was challenging at the time. And I was upset. And I, I think the hardest thing to hear always is getting that call from your agent that says like, it's not going to go your way, which is such an interesting phrase, because <laughs> it seems so kind, <laughs> you know, but it's actually so terrible when you hear it. Yeah. Um, and you're like, wow, after a lot, all this time and all this heartache, you just get a it's not going to go your way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, 
I really, I immediately said like, okay, what, so what's the next thing? Like I was definitely upset. And I think the thing you have to remember is that the humanity of the whole business and you wish for emails and you wish for texts and calls saying we're so sorry and an explanation, but 99 times out of 100, you're not going to get one. So you just have to be able to like close that chapter for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time in business, it's not personal. So as hard as it is, you have to try to not take it personal. Um, But it's a career built around yourself. <laughs> so, Absolutely. so it's hard not to take it personally because you are the product, you know? You yeah. are the product. However, yeah. I do try to just say like, this is the best. I'm going to go in as prepared as I can be for every audition because that's the only thing I can control essentially. So as long as I present myself well, whether I book the job or don't book the job, doesn't matter. And it's quite frankly out of my hands because yeah. I always say it's like kind of a small miracle when you get a job because especially at the Broadway level, because so many people on the, in a room together have to agree and say yes. And you walk into a final callback and it's not like there's three or four people. There can be like 25 to 40 people in the room. And often the time, you know, you could be going in five or six times and then someone comes in at the last second and gets the job. And sometimes I really believe that there's like, if anyone's not on your team and there's like five people who are and three people who aren't and it's caused a little bit of a riff, and someone new comes in and everybody can just agree, yeah. sometimes it just goes that way because it's easier, you know? So I really do think things happen for a reason and you are a part of the jobs that you are supposed to be a part of. Yeah, I liked also what you said when you were saying like, I didn't get it, and then my next question is just, okay, what's next? Meaning I say a lot to my clients, we are where we are, or what happened is what happened, but now, okay, what can I do about it, if anything, and if not, it's time to move forward. Um, take your time, like you said, to um, recover or have your um, emotions um, be addressed as to what you need to um, take from that and then and then move on. And I think with the new year, we're doing this uh, interview here in January, people struggle sometimes just moving on. As simple as it sounds and cliche, but we live in, we tend to live in the past or in a world of comparison, where when you don't get that role, you're looking around at who does and what What am I missing that they have and I don't. Sure. Um, and I know a lot of time in fitness, a lot of my clients are doing the same thing. Out of 10, like if you put in the work, you see the results, where that's not always true in our acting careers, you can put in all the work, but it's not directly correlated to the results, Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, it can take years and years and years and um, you're planting seeds, but you're not necessarily like growing the full tree yet. But for the most part with fitness, if you make a goal and you work really hard to get to the goal, your body will probably respond. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's like a very natural fit because we can control it. Yeah, it's very therapeutic for the yeah. actor because it's something that, like you just said, when you're putting the work in, the results will come. Yeah, There is no casting director saying, you get to have strength or speed or aesthetic right. results Mm, no, you don't. No, you don't. We don't have the costume for you. Exactly. <laughs> or I can't get this producer to sign on board for it. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say like my commitment, I'm, I'm usually like a five day a weeker, but it ebbs and flows depending on like, again, listening to your body and like sometimes getting through the HO week, you need that extra workout. And sometimes your body needs sleep and is mm-hmm. telling you it needs sleep. Yeah. You know, so depending on the schedule I'm on, it gets more intense or less intense and Sometimes as my results do as well. Right. Um, 
yeah, and it's, I'm okay with that now. It's definitely <laughs> a an, an ebb and flow of how to marry your fitness and performance together to work for each other and not against each other. Right. Um, because some people um, are either doing the one spectrum of uh, – hitting their head against the wall without realizing it and just kind of burying themselves. Yeah. And then the other side is, oh, I can't do anything uh, fitness-wise because it'll affect my performance when in actuality it could actually enhance it if done correctly. But yeah. cool. Thanks and for I think like, yeah, it's like figuring out like quantity over and or rather quality over quantity sometimes, I think. And yeah. we all push ourselves for quantity, but that's not always like the best thing. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and what could... Uh, even out the um, imbalances that are happening because of your show and the the uh, repetitive things you're doing eight times a week and what you need to do to kind of balance it out yeah. in, in the gym or in a class or something like that. Yeah. If you guys want to try a free trial, don't forget, go to the website builtforthestage.com and fill out your name and email. Or go to the Instagram at builtforthestage. Give us a follow. Uh, shoot us a DM. Say what's up. And uh, we'd be happy to chat it up with you guys. Don't forget about Broadway Podcast Network. Go to the website, broadwaypodcastnetwork.com. Go to the Instagram, Broadway Podcast Network. There's uh, tons of good content on our network, like Josh Swallow's Broadway, or Ensemblist, or Equity One, or the Feeder Podcast. There's like 90 of them. Just go see which one you like the best after you've listened to mine. And uh, yeah. You guys have yourself a good day. It's me, Roscoe, signing off. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.